The world spends an excessive amount of time being exposed to large amounts of negative news 24-7 and usually in our hands, our mobile devices, on the radio, in the car, at work, in the waiting room at the doctor's office, it's everywhere. These stories should not be ignored, of course. But where is the good news? Where is the progress that's happening in the world? Because it is happening. Angus Hervey, or Gus, the editor of Future Crunch, the world's most popular newsletter on human progress. He believes, and Future Crunch believes, that if we want to change the story of the human race in the 21st century, we have to change the stories we tell ourselves. At Future Crunch, Gus and his team uncover successful stories about human rights, clean energy, global health, development, scientific breakthroughs, and conservation stories, and more. Gus is an economist, journalist, and writer seeking out and sharing good news from around the world. As Gus says, when we only tell the stories of doom, we fail to see the stories of possibility. Really excited to share this interview with you today. Welcome to Good Viral, and let's get on with the interview with Gus from Future Crunch. My whole entire life, I've always been a person that has avoided news. I've always depended uh, upon other people to give me the news. Like I figure whatever's important, I'll hear about it because I've always been bummed out by the news ever since I was a kid. And, and uh, But then what really caught our attention and, and, and really the big reason that we, that we thought we got to get these guys on here is because, um, as it says on your website, that you guys give a, a third of your revenues from your subscriptions to, to charities to small charities and so and it's like wow that's a it's a big number right so can you tell us a little bit about um you know sort of how you all started how that decision came about to give to charities like that and what that's all about future crunch we started in 2015 uh based off a very simple mission which was that we were convinced that there were good things happening out there that we weren't hearing about Uh, and we were kind of bummed up by the news as well uh, we figured there must be good news. Uh, and when we started looking for good news, we found plenty of it. Uh, we realized that we just weren't hearing a lot about that uh, because of the way that media business models are structured, uh, because oh. of the incentives that are kind of built into the way that journalism is done in modern era. Uh, that's something a lot of people know about. Uh, very simply, if it bleeds, it leads. You know, it's not like a a colloquialism coined by cutthroat tabloid editors. It's, it's just now a business model uh, for media yeah. organizations in the digital age. So we kicked off. We started spreading good news, putting it together in a newsletter. Uh, and then after we'd been doing that for about four or five years, we kind of thought we'd really love to make good news happen and not just report on good news. Uh, that kind of felt really aligned with our mission. We, we, we always felt that Future Crunch should be the kind of thing that inspires people to take action um, rather than just informing people uh, about all of the progress that's happening. And so we decided to start this uh, subscription model where we um, have paying members of our, of our website, of our newsletter, and a third of those revenues go directly to small charities that are really making a difference, that are out there making this good news happen. And one of the things that was really important for us in identifying those charities is we wanted to give money to charities that flew under the radar. Uh, We kind of felt big charities, not that they have enough money, no one ever has enough money to to do good. Uh Um, But we really, in our research around finding a lot of those good news stories, we kept on coming across these incredible organizations 
from every corner of the planet. Uh, and by putting in place a subscriber model uh, and a business model that allowed us to actually give money to these organizations, it really closed the circle for us uh, in terms of what we were doing and, and how our mission aligns, um, you know, how the news mission that we're doing aligns with the charity mission. Um, and that's, that's been really, uh, really successful and, and really gratifying um, for us and for us, for our readers. Yeah, and it's really cool that I love on your website, you have a tab directly going to see the list of charities and the amounts that you're giving to those charities, which is really great to see and inspiring in itself. So those who are listening, check out the charity tab on their website and just kind of see how they're directly impacting. And when you're talking about uh, seeing these smaller organizations around the world in the news or in stories that you're finding and how that is inspiring in itself, I agree. I'm very much into that realm. Um, I think it's great when I hear about someone who's on the ground floor who has a small operation and really changes a community or uh, the environment or the impact of just as being that small entity. I think it gives us a feeling of hope in a lot of ways. And so I love how you tie those into your messages, especially with your subscribership. And mm. so with all of this information that you're kind of getting and you're helping put into a story for all of us to read, again, which I like the format, it's all together and it's like within a certain period of time, which is really great for me because I don't have to go searching like you know other news websites, I don't appreciate that. So I really like how the uh -huh. simplification of the process is just on the website, let alone the subscribership. So with all of this, these stories that you're getting from around the world or even with your subscribers themselves, can you tell us of a specific story uh, that directly impacted based off of Future Crunch, like what these subscribers in the community created and the impact it's done or the ripple effects that you've seen? Has anything been awe-inspiring or just shocking maybe? I think the what's really great about uh, giving away to small charities is that your donation doesn't just sort of disappear into the machine. Uh, you're normally speaking to to the founder or you know the, the, somebody. Who, there's there's normally two or three people in in the charity, and mm -hmm. most of the time, to be honest, often it's just one person who's doing something amazing. So mm -hmm. what's really great is is that we can send we send them the money, and often that's not very easy. We kind of have to um, you know dig around and figure out a way to actually get the money to them. Uh, in one recent example, we sent a money to a school teacher in Chad who was really inspiring. He was helping nomad communities just set up schools. But we had to send the money to Turkey and then it had to get wired to like a journalist in Chad. And then the journalist literally had to take the cash out of the bank and go and like give it to this school teacher in his hand because he didn't have a bank account or anything. Um, so you kind of often have to figure out these chains to get money into the hands of people who need it the most. Uh, and um, but the, the 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 general point of this is that when you're dealing with one person, you can really see the effect that it has. Uh, a recent example: um, we sent some money to a great organization called Miracle Feet, um, and they do a very simple thing, which is that they develop braces for kids with clubfoot. Um, they operate in a number of different countries around the world. We got in touch with someone who is in charge of their program in the Philippines. And we said, here's $5,000. And they said, that's great. That's going to allow us to buy 200 braces for kids in remote areas. And then oh, wow. five or six months later, you get an email from them saying, hey, thanks so much. We delivered you know, those braces to these villages. Here's a couple of photos of the doctors literally with the braces, you know, putting these braces on the kids with club feet. Um, 
there's a direct correlation between the money that our subscribers have helped us raise and actually seeing the visual impact um, in person. Uh, it's not huge. This is not Red Cross or GiveWell or you know uh, UNICEF kind of levels of giving. We're, we're generally giving away five, six thousand dollars every time, but uh, it really has a, a genuine impact on the lives of the people who it reaches. Um, and and I think we really love that, and our subscribers really love it as well. Uh, and and it feels you know it feels like the right thing to be doing. You know, it's 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 interesting that you know when you almost like you're downplaying what you're doing. I mean, I find that I find that the being able to see the impact like through the photos, being able to actually sort of uh, develop relationships directly with these with these uh, uh, these people or these you know, small organizations is, uh, is very powerful. It's very moving, uh, quite honestly. And, um, uh, it, it inspires me. And, and I think one, you know, one of the things that we really strongly believe in with good viral is, uh, is that we want to like, like you, we're very similar in this way. We want to, uh, to inspire people to say, Hey, you know, it's, uh, it's fun and it's interesting and engaging to, uh, to, to do good things for other, for other people mm. or for the planet or for animals. It, and, uh, you know, it's a good way to spend your time, you know, it's again, it's a good place to put your money, you know? So, so as far as the, the research that you do, I, I guess, uncovering new stories and all of this is, is it just uh, that usually something surfaces or how, what, what would you say is maybe the main way that you find these, these organizations or these people that you feel like you want to include in your, in your, uh, your list? Yeah, look, it's it's a good question, and it's something that our subscribers often write to us about. They say, "How do you guys find all these charities?" They say, "There's no list out there. There's not like a common resource." The answer uh-huh. to that question is is we spend a lot of time reading the internet. <laughs> uh-huh. um, you know, if you are researching good news, uh, you have to dig really hard. It's not it's not on the front pages of websites. Um, uh-huh. You've got to figure out a few tricks. You've got to kind of dig into the more obscure corners of the internet. And in the process of doing that. That's where we tend to find these little organizations and charities. Uh, we kind of had developed a bit of a sixth sense, I suppose, after many years of doing it, of kind of who is going to be a good recipient and who's not. Um, oh. And we don't do it without criteria either. You know, we, we have a look at the organization, we, we read around, we do a bit of research. Um, but once we're kind of satisfied that they're people who are doing it for the right reasons and we figure, we think that they're having a really great impact, um, we then just contact them, and the whole point of what we were doing was to say, we're just going to come in and say, here's some money. You don't have to fill out a form. There's no grant application. You don't uh-huh. have to go and jump through a whole bunch of hoops because you're uh-huh. already busy. The last thing you need is to spend 20 30% of your time trying to raise funds, which is such a difficult thing for people who maybe that's not necessarily their skill set. Their skill set is getting out there and helping people and making an impact. So Absolutely. you kind of feel... Maybe it's just nice for us to, you know, just to to get like a break that someone just some comes in from absolutely nowhere and says, hey, you're doing such a great job. Here's $5,000. Here's $10,000. What do you guys need to do the most? What's what's the equipment you, you need to buy? Um, we have other criteria as well. We say, unfortunately, we can't spend the money on staffing or administrative stuff. Um, but generally, because they're such a small organization, they're often doing it on a volunteer basis. Um, you know, they don't have these huge admin and overhead costs. Um, and we always say to them, we're going to give you money, but you have to spend it on equipment, on resources, on on, on stuff. Um, you can't spend it on staffing. That, that's a very important criteria for us. Uh-huh. Um, 
And then the only other criteria we have is, is we say, look, here's the cash. You do whatever you want with it. Um, we're here to help. If you want to send us a photo or you can send us an email later about how you used it, fantastic. But if you don't have time to do it, that's also fine. We're not here to make your life any more complicated than it needs to be. We just want to help. And in some senses, that's almost like an old school version of charity for us. Um, mm. You know, there's no, uh, there's none of the layers, I suppose, that, that comes with philanthropy in the modern era. Um, it's, it's going right back to basics, which is to say, you're awesome. We think you're rad. We love what you're doing. Here's some cash. Go do your thing. Send us a photo or a video if you're into it. If you're not, whatever. But that's not the point. Um, and keep on keeping on. And maybe what it does is it inspires them to say, wow, somebody noticed our work from you know, the other side of the world. This is work worth doing. Um, and maybe it gives them a little bit of hope and a little bit of energy uh, to keep on doing their amazing work too. And you know what, I love how this kind of model of um, focusing a bit on the smaller impacts or in terms of uh, size of the organizations. Because when, we, when I talk to people, and you know, I'm sure we've all experienced this when we talk to people about uh, large issues, and especially we're seeing the media pushing more of a negative view on that as well, we get very overwhelmed. We're like, oh my gosh, so mm. many people are needed help or so many things need to be done. What can I possibly do? And it gets overwhelming, so we do nothing. And so what I like about these micro stories and uh, these micro organizations that are doing um, impacts in their area is that it's able to give us more focus on just one thing. And just saying, if I give $5, I know it's going to help give kids shoes or medical supplies or something, you know, in a very simple way and in a way we feel is more tangible and we can see it through a video or a photo rather than seeing, you know, the Mercy ship showing up at this huge area serving thousands and thousands of people. It's like, well, what's really my impact? That's a great number to see, but there's no emotional connection in, to a degree. And so I feel that these micro stories are very, very important. And so I just kind of wanted to give that shout out to you mm -hmm. as well as to kind of help our listeners understand when they see these big stories, it's uh, usually in a negative context, but you do feel overwhelmed. You don't know what to do. Right? And we get that question a lot from not only ourselves, but from others. Uh, what can I do to help? And if I do something, is it going to help? Right. And so mm -hmm. I think you're kind of helping facilitate that answer. And so I think that's really, mm -hmm. really great. So what are you looking forward to here, guys? So, I mean, you have Future Crunch and you have the subscribership. You have the people coming in. You're giving to charities. What's next for you? And what's next for Future Crunch that people can get excited about? Yeah, uh, thanks. Uh, so Probably two big things on the horizon for us that, that we're really excited about. The first is uh, that uh, we feel really lucky we, we were contacted by um, TED uh, earlier this year. Um, they spotted some of our good news and um, have asked me to open this year's conference in Vancouver. Um, so that's going to be, uh, which is kind of crazy. Like I couldn't believe it when they <laughs> sent the email. I was like, oh, well, hold on, are you sure? Like me, what? Um, so that's a really great opportunity to obviously get this message out around good news and progress to a much wider audience, um, equally exciting and terrifying at the same time um, to be appearing on a stage like that. Um, so that, that's going to be happening in April. Um, that's super exciting for us. Um, and then the other thing we're really excited about is this project called Humankind, uh, where we've been collating stories um, from around the world of people who we think are remarkable, um, who are you know, helping in various different ways, people who we think are more deserving of attention than celebrities and YouTube influencers. Um, 
we've collected almost 100 of those stories and we're looking forward to turning that into some kind of book project. Um, really something that, that gives us an opportunity to say uh, this is as representative of humanity um, as all of the stuff that around the mad, bad and the sad people um, that we see um, in the daily news. That, that's amazing. I, I, you know, one of the things that, uh, that we've experienced uh, uh, unexpectedly, right, since we've gotten into uh, interviewing so many different people is, uh, is it, it seems like every single one of our, of our guests ends up being just like a, uh, incredibly optimistic about the future. And I guess that goes with the territory, right? I mean, if you, you know, if you really didn't believe that you could make a difference, that anything would matter, then you wouldn't be doing it. But, but it's, but I love to, uh, uh really what's inspiring. And, and this is, I, I, this is, I know your goal is to inspire others, but what's inspiring for me listening to what you're talking about is, um, is the idea that uh, that with more exposure that you uh, might be able to create some momentum with the idea of good news, you know, and, and just, mm. you know, it, it would it would sure be nice uh, for it to not have to be so difficult for people to find good news, not have to dig so deep, you know, and obviously, I mean, all they have to do is go to futurecrunch.com, right, to, to get it, but it's like, uh, but you guys are doing a tremendous amount of work, and it'd be a beautiful thing if it was really... Uh, uh, if a lot more people caught on to that, uh, to that idea, to that movement, you know, I, I know that you probably think about this every day, but, it, but again, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to put it into words for our listeners and, and, and really just for, for me, because, uh, because I think that, um, I think the whole point of, of what, of what, you know, you're doing and really what we're doing is it's not, it's not about one charity. It's not about one thing specifically, but it's about uh, we as human beings saying, hey, you know, um, you know, it's nice when there's uh, when there's a woman, you know, struggling, pushing her baby carriage up a hill that you give her a hand, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and that that action uh, makes you feel good, you know, and it's and, and, and it's it makes you feel human. You know, and so, you know, every single one of the, the things that you're doing, I, uh, there's the, uh, not to get into the whole story, but there's the famous, uh, starfish story, you know, like, uh, throw the, the little boy throws a starfish back into the ocean. Right. And the, the man says, what, what are you doing? You're the, the, those things are, you know, there's a thousand of them on the beach there, you know, and you probably know the story, but he says, uh, you know, you can't possibly make a difference. And he says, well, it makes a, a difference to this one. And he throws another one into the water, you know? Yeah. And it's like, so, so really the, you know, the idea is that, you know, it's not, for me, it's not about, you know, that one individual needs to have this massive impact, but, but that we need to, uh, by our, whatever action it is that we're taking to inspire other people to then also take actions. And it's the, it's the, you know, accumulation of all of our actions mm-hmm. together that, that make up the good side of humanity. Right. And so, uh, I, I'd love to hear your reflection on that because, uh, because everything that you're uh, that you're talking about is really very very interesting. From but can you but can you focus? Uh, this is my question, I guess. Can you can you because uh, we've talked about the charities and giving to that. Can you focus a little bit on on what the original idea behind sort of sharing the good news? What what that was really all about for you guys? Sure. Uh, so just to come back to something you said there a bit earlier about it, you know, being difficult. Um, it's okay. Like, we don't mind that it's difficult. Nothing worth doing is easy. Um, okay. No one's gonna, no one's gonna like lay it up for us. You know, no one's gonna, 
you, you can either rail against the injustices of the world or, or you can roll up your sleeves and you can do something about it. Um, I think that's a choice that faces everyone. Um, we, it's fine that it's hard to get good news out there. It doesn't matter that it's difficult to dig it up. Um, we're happy to do it. Um, and, uh, you know, it's incredibly rewarding um, and, it, and it makes us feel like we're a tiny, you know, it makes us feel like we're throwing our own little starfish into the ocean um, oh. along with hopefully some of our readers. Uh, in terms of the bigger question around, you know, spreading good news um, and just the way that we've set Future Crunch up, uh, it comes back to this this idea um, that, that if you think about the word hope, um, so often we think about hope as a noun. Uh, hope is something that we have or something that we um, maybe, you know, something that exists, or something that doesn't exist or something that we lose or something that we gain. Um, but hope can also be a verb. Uh, it can be an active thing that you engage in and that you do every day on a daily basis. And the act of hoping isn't a passive one. It, it, it's one where you get involved. Um, hope is about making good things happen. Um, it, it's, and, and I think with the story of the good news, what we're trying to do there is to say to people, there are incredible things happening around the world poverty declining, renewable energy transition happening, human rights breakthroughs that you just didn't hear about in the news, um, amazing women's rights breakthroughs around the world, um, trans and LGBTQ rights that are advancing, um, you know, awesome stuff happening in public health, diseases being eradicated, um, incredible breakthroughs on new kinds of vaccines, um, awesome conservation victories from every corner of the planet, um, species recovery, new ocean conservation. I mean, it, it, the list just goes on and on and on. And it doesn't negate all the terrible things that are happening, but it does exist side by side with that story of collapse. And I think when people can see that the story of renewal exists there side by side, it gives them maybe um, more hope um, that they can actively go out there and they can do something about it too. Um, so really the good news is there is an instrument to convince people that the world is, the world is not falling apart, that human oh. beings have an extraordinary capacity to regenerate, to innovate, uh, and to you know um, show the better side of their natures. Um, and hopefully what we're doing in finding that good news and spreading it around is to give people um, the opportunity to hope as a verb, uh, as opposed to just having hope um, as a noun, uh, as we step forward into into the future. Yeah, Great. I like how you uh, you kind of put that into perspective of hope is basically a muscle to exercise as well, and I think that's uh, it's part of the verb, right? <laughs> so it's exercising it more and more, and you know as you exercise it more and more, it gets easier to do it every time. And uh. I also think that's uh, partially to what are you allowing into your life in terms of information and knowledge we are bombarded by knowledge and we've heard this mm. story over and over and over again so i won't go into that but we get bombarded with all this knowledge from social media and media in general and so what are you allowing into your life also is key and uh and to have a healthy mental state as well is key into what you absorb and how you process that information as well. And so having and exercising that hope factor, I feel can really help you to also look at the dark side of media and you know the things that are happening in the world as well and say, 
but there's still hope. And so I like I kind of put that together because to me, I was like, that was that was helpful for me <laughs> as mm. well, because I have my dark days, as we all do, looking at the media and going, where are we going? And uh, and, and exercise that hope muscle. And so I really think that was really, really great, guys. Thank you. I appreciate that. So when it comes to uh, Future Crunch, uh, we are going to share all of your social media links, your website and so on. But what's really that one place you feel like people need to go to to really connect with Future Crunch and your stories? The easiest way to find us is futurecrunch.com. Uh, you know, go to our website, sign up for the newsletter. You can sign up to the free version, um, so it doesn't cost you a thing. Um, check out the free version, uh, read some good news, uh, see how it makes you feel. Um, and if you like what you're seeing, uh, subscribers also have the opportunity, once they're subscribed to that newsletter, to upgrade to the paid version. Um, it's pretty easy, $50 a year, um, not much. Um, and for $50 a year, they'll get uh, an incredible stream of good news, stories of progress, amazing breakthroughs in science and technology. Um, and a third of that $50 um, will go directly to these small charities, uh, making a real difference. So, guys, you have a doctorate. Can you tell us a little bit about your doctorate and how that's led you a bit to where you are today with Future Crunch? Yeah, sure. So, uh, yeah, I, um, <laughs> I'm a recovering academic. Um, I, I, I uh, completed my PhD at the London School of Economics uh, in 2013, uh, and my topic of interest was uh, environmental political economy. Um, I specialized in trying to understand drivers of deforestation and environmental degradation in uh, southern Africa. Uh, it was a pretty heavy um, thing to be doing for so many years, uh, and I came to understand a lot about the problems that we face. Um, but what I discovered in the course of doing that PhD was also that uh, there's not a lot of people out there talking about solutions. Um, so for a few years after this, completing that PhD, I, I got to a pretty dark place, to be honest. Um, I, you know, uh, all the information that I was taking in was telling me that we're doomed. Um, and, I, and I think there was a kind of a real turning point um, somewhere in there where, where I sort of decided that uh, optimism maybe could be a choice that I made um, rather than a reaction to the world around me. Um, and that really kind of led to the birth of Future Crunch to saying um, there's got to be solutions out there um, and, and maybe this could be my way of, of exploring what those solutions are. So in some senses, Future Crunch was the answer to my own version of despair, um, as often so many of these things are. Uh, and it really has been really helpful for me. You know, I do not feel like we're doomed anymore. Uh, my, I, I've taken a 180-degree turn. Um, but it took many years of researching and writing and, and sharing this good news um, for me to get to that place. Um, so future country is my own medicine. So, you know, you've got, you, you've, you've got an amazing business model. And especially when we talk about uh, that, just basically right off the top, you say, okay, look, you know, the, um, a third of the revenue of these of these uh, subscriptions is going to go directly to the charities. I mean, this is just a, a huge commitment, you know, just right from the get go. And so, you know, we we're very inspired uh, by this kind of business model. But I'm really thinking about just you know every person out there, like your normal person, right? It's 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 really almost like there's a somehow and and I and this is what I want you to comment on if you can is sort of there it seems like there's a life model that we could build around that idea, you know, uh, you know. Uh, Anastasia and I are, are are committed to as much as we possibly can to uh, to putting in our efforts to inspiring other people just to spend more of their time doing good things, you know. But it's but it's like uh, 
sometimes it's like a uh, the feeling of futility, like you like you've talked about, you know, and and uh, you know, feeling like we're not making a difference, and and bec- maybe it's just because you know maybe we don't hear enough of the good news, you know, and uh, uh, you know maybe digging directly into the good news more can help us with that, but you know, but I mean, what would you say to like your your normal person, say with a normal nine to five, a traditional a traditional job or a traditional business? Uh, how can a how can our listener, if they if they fall into or they feel like they fall into that category, you know, how do you think that they might be able to to take their life and turn their life into one that is a a charitable giving life that can also enrich them and give them hope? Uh, look, it's a really great question. Uh, thanks for asking it, Damien. Uh, I, I think it's really difficult. <laughs> you know, life life is hard. Um, it doesn't matter who you are, where where you're sitting. Uh, there's just so many things vying for our attention, so many pressures, financial, emotional, social. Um, there's so many factors outside of our control, whether it's you know the political factors or regulatory or environmental factors. There's so much coming at you um, that you know to have to then have another part of your brain that says oh on top of all of that i'm going to make space for volunteering and charity and donations uh, you know um it's often the first thing to to go away um oh. what we decided to do with future crunch was to say look we're just going to create a um a commitment device that means that we essentially have that essentially we don't have an option anymore um in our case that was committing right up front to saying a third of the revenue goes to charity come hell or high water um, huh. What's really interesting about that is that once we committed to that, um, everything else kind of just became a bit easier. It was just the way we worked. Um, huh. and, it, and also what was interesting, it kind of led to this abundance mindset to say, you know what, there's going to be enough money for everyone. Um, let's just do the thing. So, sorry, what, why? Why did it become easier? Were you, you, why would you that say limit, that is? That limit is preset. It's a public commitment. It's been put on a website. It's been sent out to subscribers. We're not turning back once that has been put up huh. there into the world. Huh. Uh, and I think on an individual level, people can do something like that, for example, by saying 3% of my salary is going to go into a bucket and once a year I'm going to donate to a bunch of charities and then publicly commit to that by saying by sharing that with friends and family, um, by putting like a big sign up in your, your house or, or by, you know, contacting the charities a year in advance and saying, hey, you know, I'm going to give 3% of my salary to you this year, but, um, you know, it, it's going to take 12 months. So I'll write to you in 12 months. Um, some kind of public commitment, um, and it doesn't have to be a lot, uh, 30%, I mean, a third of your revenue is pretty extreme. Um, but just something to say, I belong into the category of people that is going to try to do something about this. Um, and I think there's a broader point there around saying, which group of people do you want to belong to? Um, you know, let's say hypothetically, in 30 years' time, Everything just goes really, really badly, and and all of our worst fears are confirmed, and we're standing there in, in the end times, and the waters are kind of rushing in, and the fires and the flames are kind of licking at the walls, and we're on the mountaintops looking at you know everything falling down. Uh, you know, it's a big question so to say to yourself: which group of people do you want to belong to? Which group of people do you want to be with on the mountaintop? Do you want to be with the group of people that are standing there saying, "You see, I told you so. I told you this was going to happen." Or do you want to be with the group of people saying, arm in arm, you know, sitting there watching it all saying, well, you know what? We gave it everything we had. We gave it our absolute best shot. And it didn't work out, but I'm glad to be here with all of you at the end of all of this. And for us, 
that is a that is a simple question to answer. I know which group of people we want to belong to, and I think for many people listening, um, for many of our subscribers, and for a lot of these people who were out there helping in the world, the answer is the same. Um, they want to belong to the people who said we're giving it our best shot, no matter what happens. Well, thank you for being on the podcast today, Gus, and Future Crunch. We are really excited that you're in the world today, and we're excited to be on that mountaintop with you. <laughs> but we are definitely in the hopeful space, and we're going to exercise that muscle, and we encourage our audience to also continue to exercise that muscle. Please go to the Future Crunch website, sign up for the newsletter for free if you just want to check it out, and then do consider going into the paid subscription and check out all of the charities that they are working with on their website. Thank you for listening to the Good Viral Podcast and being part of the conversation. If you are inspired by this episode, go to our website at goodviral.org, where you can find resources and listings from the episode to continue good efforts. Like, comment, and share this episode to any or all of your social media channels. It's really easy to take a small action, and maybe you'll inspire a big result. When good goes viral, the world gets better.